Hello there, I am Justin Fabulous. And I'm Ryan Starfire. We are the Senate. That's right, the Senate. We are going to be Rachelless this episode. We joked we were Justinless, and we've been Rachelless before. Yeah, it's it's shuffling tables, but we're still here to bring you guys all the Star Wars information we can. We'll put a few pauses in things and give you a few updates. But we got some news topics that are new in the Star Wars verse, and we'll take a jump back into what's happened in the history on this day in Star Wars. That's but right. one of the things that just happened, and we talked about this last week, Justin was not here for it, so we got to get his thoughts on what's happening with the Bad Batch, the newest thing. I would probably say the newest thing that happens with Star Wars every week. We're getting new episodes of the Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. Episode yeah. four was the most really recent one. I, I feel like this is just going to be a weekly segment at this point until the Bad Batch is over. So I almost want to, uh, I almost want to just get that out of the way and be like, yeah, we're going to talk to the Bad Batch now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fun though. It, you want to know my thoughts? I wasn't here last week when you probably talked about what the first three episodes. Now we got the fourth episode. I've been loving it. Um, if you want my thoughts, like quick thoughts on the Bad Batches from its announcement now. Uh, they announced it. I was like, okay, I'm excited they're continuing Clone Wars in a way, but at the same time, I didn't care as much about the, the characters. And after the first episode alone, I was like completely, completely opinion changed. I thought the first episode was amazing. Some of the best in Star Wars animated history. Uh, even like visually, storytelling, cinematography, uh, even the music was great. Um, and it's progressively, I would say it's like, like nothing beats the premiere yet, but it's it's held its own. It's um, it's been really good, and uh, this fourth episode was no exception. I thought this fourth episode was uh, really good. Yeah, so I guess I gave my thoughts on the first three last week, and this fourth one we'll just jump in. We'll talk about a little bit as to what happened. Uh, we get a bit more, bit more with that fleshing out of the dad batch uh, or whatever the you want to call batch. them. Yeah, and Omega and her bond with them, and then we saw a returning character who I met in the Mandalorian. Did we meet her before at nope. any point? Okay, nope. so I'm up to date with uh, Fennec. I know Fennec, yes, okay. So Fennec, Ming-Nei Wen, who voiced she Mulan. Voiced she did voice her in this. Yep. She voiced Mulan, you might know her. You might know her from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Agent May. She's working like crazy these days, especially in Star Wars. They're loving her. She's going to be in the Book of Boba she's, Fett. She's awesome. I don't know if you follow her Twitter, but she's just like a ray of sunshine. She is just wonderful. And she's a badass. She is a badass. I've seen her do many a martial arts things and be very impressed with what she can bring. So, yeah, to see her come back, get to voice the character, make that character her own again. She's chasing down Omega. We assume the aliens hired her, the big the long-necked aliens. Is that that's what they're called, the Kaminoans? Yes. There we go. I've just been calling them the aliens. A lot of people call them the the toothpick necks or the uh, the Q-tips. They call them the Q-tips. The Q-tips, yes. The Q-tips, the Slendermen, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> there, we assume that's a, good, that's a good point, though. Is we don't know who's who's split the bounty on Omega. She, yeah, Fennec has a couple calls. Where she, it's just her talking, we don't hear the other end, but oh, they got away at the end of the episode is how we end. Which obviously Omega escapes with the Bad Batch, they get out of there. Fennec kind of. It was interesting to see she didn't want to kill Omega. She which was all wanted for, alive. Wanted alive, or Fennec just showing that bit of soft spot that we. I guess she was kind of brainwashed or dis. I get, I'm not sure the right way to put it, like, just kind of reprogrammed when the Boba Fett thing happened, because she was, last we saw, she was killing people in the first season of The Mandalorian, when she came back, it seemed like she had flipped the script a little bit, and she was fine with Mando. Well, I, I don't know if, if reprogrammed is the right word, because she's not a machine, Mm-hmm. At least, she, I'm pretty sure that what was implied was that she just had like cybernetics to fix where she got shot. So okay. I don't know if, if we maybe she's. Um, I think the implication is that under Boba Fett now she has more of an honor code. 
but which I is, could be wrong. Which I guess she's going back to the bounty hunter ways, which this mm-hmm. may have been where she started with, and she kind of flipped the coin a couple times. Different, yeah. saw the different sides of it. But we got to see Fennec pretty much chase down Omega this whole episode almost, and nothing. It was a pretty nothing, good chase. It was a really good chase. We saw Hunter after her, and they kind of exchange a few explosions, uh, vehicle chases. Uh, was this the first time? I think this is the first time I noticed a police force that wasn't stormtroopers chasing someone. They had the lights and everything. So, so those were the Pantorans, yes. Um, Coruscant had the uh, security police droids in the Clone Wars. Um, they were mechanical, though. They weren't storms or clones. Mm-hmm. But that was ages ago. <laughs> yeah, that one was a little while ago, and it... Yeah, that one caught me off guard because I was like, oh, it's not even stormtroopers chasing them for once. This is weird. They got shot real quick, so it didn't matter, but... There was a lot of fatalities this episode. Did, there did, was. Did, like, there was that one guy who was just driving, and I think Fennec threw him out of the... out of the, the uh, speeder and implication is that you know he splatted on the ground yep yeah that definitely a lot of death and i my big takeaway was now you have to let me know what alien race it is but the shopkeeper they were dealing with the three eyes he's kind of oh the three eyed the three eyed alien eh in star wars i look up three eyed alien on google and of course, I get the green guy from uh, from Monsters or from uh, Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Toys. Toy Story. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that three-eyed alien. Yes, I believe. So Toys R Us did not have the three-eyed alien yet. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not yet canon. Um, Grands. They're called Grands. Okay. Um, the three-eyed kind of. Um, I don't even know how to describe them outside of they have three eyes. They have a very unusual build. I know, I was always like, are they brown cows almost, with three eyes? They almost look cow-like, yeah, they got like a snout. A snout, they got little ears that kind of come up the sides. Yeah. Um, but yes, he was a shopkeeper in this one, he had maybe cybernetic, maybe glass glasses on two he of his eyes. He had one blind eye, he had one blind eye though. One blind eye, yeah, he was, his eyes were suffering here, but he had some droids, and the Bad Batch, well I guess Hunter and... Echo. Uh, Echo, yes, did the old switcheroo where Echo was dressed as a robot droid. A, same thing, a droid, as they were doing Star Wars, and they're just like, oh, well, I'll buy that droid off you. Because they were, I think, believe they needed how much? Like $2,000? They, they just needed enough for supplies and food, but they sold Echo for, I, I want to say 3000 or 3500 I think they landed Which, on three, but it was like two. Oh, that's I'm worth more than that. Four. Four. Three. Yeah. Which is interesting because now the Bad Batch as wanted criminals. They have a lot of crimes. You can add human trafficking now to said crimes. Human trafficking. They robbed that guy of three thousand dollars because Echo, as soon as he got a clear shot, walked away <laughs> stole with it. They stole his property too. Stole his property. All of his droids. They his took entire off the, workforce. It was insane. The guys. What did the guy do? He just stood there and he he's was like, just a where are you going? Guy. I know. His biggest uh, flaw was he wouldn't buy an illegal explosive. Yeah, he's like, oh, this isn't a black market, which yeah, is probably so, a fair thing to do if you're a businessman, like, not buy stuff. Like, he could totally be a good guy and they just, just ruined this man's whole career. But Yeah. So, a lot of questionable activity from the Bad Batch of this episode. If we want to talk about alien characters that are just kind of goofy... Um, there is the, they're called Celestians. They kind of look like the pancake melting faces. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the guy at the shipyard, like where they parked. He reminded me, and a lot of people said this on Twitter. Um, he reminded everyone of his name is Borkus, which you may, you probably don't know who that is, but you, you've nope. seen him. He was in the Meeber Gascon episodes. He was the, the <laughs> cook. Um, everybody's complaining that they didn't just use Borkus because they look almost the same and they have pretty much the same grimy personality. Um, but I, I, I liked I liked seeing that alien and I hope I hope we see more fat Celestins. Well, this Celestin, I want to say for the first time I've noticed at least he had like the Hulk Hogan haircut, like the yeah. balding, but like uh, the mullet ish on the back, and he 
he kind of talked like Watto a little bit, which I also liked. <laughs> he was like a merger of a bunch of different slimy aliens, which is kind of funny. Yes. He didn't do much either, but he tried to... Nope. He apparently was holding them for Fennec, and he was going to get paid, and he just fell asleep. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe this guy will have the Hondo effect, where he just appears in everything for a while, and they build him up. That might be the case, yeah. Give him his own uh, lizard monkey, and we're going to be good to go. <laughs> you won't see action figures of that guy. <laughs> not anytime soon. No, not unless... I mean, there are, there are some pretty good custom action figure makers. Maybe I should commission one of them to make a... Uh, Fat Hulk Hogan Celestian. <laughs> it has to be put that way too. Yeah. Fat Hulk Hogan Celestian. Oh man. Well, so. that was episode four. Again, we will do probably a weekly segment for any Star Wars shows, movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. As things come out, we can keep up to date with that. Yes. But right now, we can say thank you to the guy in charge of pretty much the entire. Uh, animated department and the Clone he's, Wars yep. and Rebels and Bad Batch. He's Dave often Filoni. referred to online as God. Just God, Dave Filoni. Dave That's Filoni right. um, started off as just an animated animation guy for a, a small, semi-low budget Star Wars show, and now he's worked his way up all the way to what is it? Executive uh, creative director. I think that was the official title. Yeah, executive creative director. Okay. Which I do want to point out, he has been since last summer, but no one knew until now. Oh, really? They just they just updated it now, so it's it's everyone's celebrating it because they they're just finding out about it. But it technically for him, he's been doing it for a year now, which is why the Mandalorian season two he had such influence over. That's that's interesting, yeah, because it's we only got the one episode behind the scenes making a Mandalorian, but we got like the episode by episode behind the scenes for the first season. Mm-hmm. And well, it if you want like, even more, if you want even more behind the scenes with John Favreau and Dave Filoni, watch Dave or John Favreau's cooking show where Dave Filoni's there for an episode, then they just make food. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I'll definitely it check is. that it's out. It is. It's very funny. But. Yes, they have a great dynamic, uh, Favreau and mm-hmm. Filoni, but I was going to say, Favreau seemed like he was fully running the ship. Like, they didn't show any cards for Filoni being a guy in charge at that point in time for that, like, episode by episode behind the scenes. I don't know how the hierarchy goes. I, I, I'm pretty sure John Favreau has creative, like, control, but I'm pretty sure him and, and Filoni, if I had to guess, have an understanding because they're good friends and they're both like super nerds. They work together on the Clone Wars with you know Favreau is Previsla, um, so they they work really well together. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Filoni for help with tying it into the uh, grander universe. It does seem like Filoni's original vision of the Clone Wars and everything in that universe is really the direction Star Wars is going right now with all the shows yeah. and stuff we're getting. I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. No, definitely not a bad I, thing. I will say, um, if you want, if, if a lot of people say, oh, well, maybe he just gets lucky. Maybe maybe Filoni just gets lucky with that he gets all the good projects. I will say the one animated show Disney's done where he hasn't, like, touched it was Resistance. And Resistance, we don't talk about Resistance for a reason. That's because no one wants to really remember Resistance. You got Rebels, you got Clone Wars, you got Bad Batch. They're all bangers. And then you've got the polio in visual form that is Resistance. (laughs) So. Clone Wars and Rebels were shows I was conferring with you with before I was watched it for the first Mm -hmm. time a year ago. They'd been out for a while now, but I was catching up on things. I wanted to get more, so I was seeking Justin's guidance. And yeah, right away, you don't need to do Resistance. It's okay. It's uh, that's, that's that was one of the first here. things I told you. I think. Yeah, it was absolutely. I think I, I might have I might have said on God, please don't watch Resistance or something <laughs> like that. It, it was along those lines, if not exact. So, and you know what? That's the one that Filoni had the least involvement with. So, and you know why? Because he was making the Clone Wars finale. And thank God for that as well. Hmm. But we can so. yes, Filoni is soaring high right now having his hands in all these jars 
and he's absolutely crushing it. It makes perfect sense why his visions are coming back to life or his stories mm-hmm. are continuing now and leaking do... into... Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. My bad. I was going to say leaking into all of these properties going forward oh, yeah. as well as the ones we have now. <laughs> Some people are calling it the, um, the Ahsoka-verse because she's in, she's in so much now. Um, yeah. It's a joke. But um, I do want to use this kind of topic just just to just, just make a statement that I think we both sort of stand by, and that's Dave Filoni's amazing. So is everyone else at Lucasfilm. Like, a lot of people get a lot of flack that they don't deserve. Like, um, for example, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. She gets the most flack. She She gets gets the the most flack. flack. So there's been some clowns on the Twitter who are, like, somehow twisting this as if he's replacing her. That's not happening. Um, (laughs) They want that at all costs. Kathleen Kennedy is great. Dave Filoni is great. John Favreau is great. That's that. I did see the topic. It was like a day mm-hmm. or two ago, and it was Kevin Feige might be replacing Kathleen Kennedy at Star Wars. No, I just gotta, I, I gotta get that off my chest because so many people are taking this great Dave Filoni news and twisting it into being something negative. We don't stand for that shit. We're not toxic. We we like everyone. It's hard to say you don't like what's going on right now. Like, I can understand the the sequels to the original trilogy the sequel trilogy to the mm-hmm. original trilogy not being the most well received and kind of the visions were skewed however you want to put it uh not everyone was on the same page and it seemed like a lot of the kathleen kennedy hate sur- surround it was starting with those and it's just snowballed as more it's things come crazy. out if there's anything bad, it's Kathleen Kennedy's fault. And now, no, now the only reason I bring this up, I really, I don't want to be like, well, I'm bringing it up for controversial purposes. But the only reason I bring this up is because, yeah, like you said, every time something bad happens, they say it's her fault. Now it's gotten to the point where every time something good happens, they twist it to be negative, like this. And like I saw somebody tweet, how many YouTube thumbnails are going to have the disney is promoting feloni to, to replace kathleen kennedy thumbnails and it's it's just ridiculous to me and i don't want us to come off as like fanboys of one aspect and then we hate the others because a lot of people just assume that nowadays mm-hmm. we uh we're not we're not toxic <laughs> i would hope not i'm sure there's some things we don't like that we will voice if that comes up but like resistance <laughs> like resistance yes but i'm it's hard to say anything Kathleen Kennedy has been bad when Star Wars is, I would argue, the most successful and the most rich and thriving that it's ever mm-hmm. been right now than ever before. Yeah. And so, you like you Clone Wars Season 7? You like Bad Batch? Dave Filoni, yes. Kathleen Kennedy, also yes. Yeah. And you know what? There's I, a bunch of other people, too. Pablo Hidalgo is one of them. Yes, abs- yeah, absolutely. And... I believe we talked about him a little bit, maybe last episode or the episode before this as well. Pablo Hidalgo, we did, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's they got a stellar team going right now. It's their whole creative team is amazing. I think there's another guy on there. His name is Doug Chang. He's one of my like idols. He's an amazing concept artist, but the stuff he makes is, is incredible. He actually holds the same rank as Dave Filoni now, so they're working together. Okay. So, but Doug Chang's been there since. I want to say the prequels. All right, so he's everyone's putting in a bit of time there, rising through we the just, ranks. Yeah, we love everyone at Lucasfilm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yes, and we're loving what they're doing with the Bad Batch. But that doesn't mean we didn't love what they did in the past either. We love mm-hmm. Filoni, but he wasn't around. Or he didn't. At he least, didn't make Rogue One. He didn't make. Yep. Yeah wasn't Rogue One and he wasn't he was in it but he didn't make it (laughs) he didn't make Return of the Jedi either which is leading into our day in Star Wars history here Mm -hmm. that's right because May yeah May 25th 1983 we got the release Star Wars Episode 6 Return of the Jedi awesome awesome you know what's interesting about this is um when we were talking about earlier today in the chat, I think it was today, when you said we were going to do this, or maybe it was yesterday, it doesn't matter, but I think you said it was your favorite, or one of your favorites of the original trilogy, at least, 
Rachel said it was her favorite, and it's also my, it's also my favorite, which that's yep. never happened to me before. Usually I get people who are like, you like Return of the Jedi the best? What's wrong with you? And now it's it's somehow we've landed on all three of us love Return of the Jedi. It's funny that last week it was like on episode one love fest and we were like, we will not come back to this territory. And we go to, you know, it's, you can easily say that episode five Empire is the best made one mm-hmm. story wise and whatnot. A New it Hope opens is strong. the classic one. Yeah. And a lot of that is very true. But for some reason, Return of the Jedi was the one as a kid that I just could watch over and over and it had nothing to do with the Ewoks, but... Well, they're just there. They're there. They exist. I understand there's a lot of hate for the Ewoks, but... I... Yeah, I'm not going to get into the whole Ewok thing, but what I will say is I love this movie so much that if I'm doing a very long, annoying task, like painting a wall or packing my house to move, which I just did, I will just put this movie on and I'll just do the task and I'll be happy doing it. Like, I love this movie to death. Um, you said, uh, we said, Empire is the most well-made. That's just accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, A New Hope is is the uh, is the nostalgic one because it's the one that started it all. I would say that Return of the Jedi is the most fun one. Which is weird to say in a movie that, like, Luke has to, I guess, embrace the full form of a Jedi. Mm-hmm. But he has to go into Jabba's palace and save Han fight a rancor save leia that like that's a lot to take in and then we go to the planet and whatnot and now we have to a fight his father convert him overthrow palps but also watch vader die like it doesn't it ends on a happy note but not on a happy note it has so many emotional highs like i don't i don't even know if i'd say emotional lows this this whole this whole trip is just so much fun and then it'll gut punch you with the feelings it there's so much yeah but it's all emotional payoff which i think oh is, oh yeah it's that's the best part about it is all the story that's been built for the previous two films and have garnered such a fan base off of it all accumulates right here in at that point in time, you would assume was the last Star Wars we were going to see. It's the I'm original. Sure. It's the original ending of the saga, and it's if you. I'm not saying ignore the last three movies, but if it, before they existed, it was a perfect ending. If, yeah, if, yeah. if, if you discount story. the crazy stuff that followed it in Legends, which some of it was good, some of it wasn't, as six movies or even at the time three movies, it was a terrific ending. And I will say the first third of this movie, the stuff that takes place at Jabba's Palace and on Tatooine, that could be its own movie, like short film, and it's it would be a perfect film. <laughs> that absolutely, that would have been a very fun film. We probably could have got Boba Fett doing anything at that point, mm-hmm. but it was a very cool element. Going back to Tatooine, getting to see his pal, his floating palace on the ship and the sail barge or sorry the sail yep and that whole element (laughs) yeah a second palace if you will it's such it's such a fun movie to go back to and we can thank also the director for that one richard marquand who unfortunately i think he passed away four years after this one did he i think yeah this one came out still alive but i didn't know that yeah, this one came out in 83, and he passed away in 87. Oh, that's a shame. And it also makes me wonder, like, how good of a career did the guy who directed the final Star Wars at that point in time could have had, if not cut short? I think he unfortunately had a stroke while well, he was you know, driving. You know, Irvin Kirshner, who did Empire Strikes Back, they brought him back to to write for the new movies. So I wonder if they would have brought Richard Merkwan back if uh if if he were still around that's a shame yeah that was the one shocking thing i saw that i didn't also know because i always wonder because i always know george lucas did the first one kirshner did the second one and i always forget mark wand for some reason but he just he had a very short career because of unfortunate the unfortunacy of that's what happened shame. yeah 
It is. Yeah, no, that's that is a big shame. That's a lot of um. I'm, I'm I guarantee based based solely on how he directed the movie, he would have he would have done good things. And he would yeah. have been back. He probably would have been back with what was going forward, and we still yeah definitely might have been seeing him even now. I believe he was only in his forties when that happened. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, but not to he, end uh, on the down note. <laughs> Well, on an on a upper note, if we want to just drastically change gears, Return of the Jedi is the only movie that has Salacious B. Crumb in it. And that is a big, big, big up. plus. Yeah. Because we, we know after our first episode on this podcast, Salacious B. Crumb carries a lot of weight mm-hmm. in our hearts. He is a very lovely creature that we all love and adore. So this yes, is also got- this movie also has one of three appearances of Bib Fortuna, which is just a gift from God himself. Yep. Um, may he this rest was, in peace. Yep. This was the slim Bib. This was too. slim Bib. Yep. And I feel like this was one of the heavy aliens and expanding to like how like big that whole background of characters and the creation of these worlds really took off was. Obviously, the Jab- mm-hmm. Jabba's palace scene and everything, but I yeah, would then we say went to- in the sequel, er, in the original trilogy, Jabba's palace and the cantina scene are yeah. so massive for world building. Um, but the puppets alone in Jabba's palace are amazing. They're amazing, and we didn't ask for it the first time, but George and everyone felt it was necessary to come back and give us a little musical number. This- Second time round well, in Jabba's Palace. They revised the musical number that was already there. But oh boy did they revise it. <laughs> There's a actually, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do we do you wanna quickly shoehorn after this a character of the week? Oh, we can do it now I if got, this is do you wanna do it. Okay, this is a surprise surprise segment that we weren't gonna do today. But I just I love him so much and you bringing him up bringing up that segment uh, makes me wanna talk about him. There's a character in in this movie in the special edition. I'm gonna send it to General Ryan. His okay. name is Joe Joe Yauza. Now I, I knew it was gonna be this guy. <laughs> now Joe Yauza is a giant ant man, and not not the Paul Rudd version. He's a physical ant. Um, he's one of the most horrendously designed creatures in Star Wars, but I love him to death. Um, he's so much so that I, I scour eBay every once in a while looking for his action figure, which I'm still yet to find. It exists. I just no one's selling it because they know they know its value. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, how do we feel about Joe Yao's as a collective? Joe Yao's got some pipes. We can say that for sure. He's yeah, he's part ant. He's part flea. He's weirdly shapen, but yeah, guy can sing. That's what's he, important. Some some people would say he rivals like Pitbull and Eminem as the greatest rapper of the generation. Yeah, Pitbull he's, claims I, he's Mr. Worldwide, but he, this guy's Mr. Galaxywide. Yeah, yeah. He's been called the songbird of his generation for sure. <laughs> the oh, song man. ant. Song ant, yeah, absolutely. Wow. That was that was a good surprise one. I knew that was coming as soon as you started looking for it. I, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I completely, this was completely unplanned. I just, I couldn't resist. That fit perfectly, yes. You got I have look no, up. no interesting facts about Joe Yauza. I have no, nothing to say really about Joe Yauza, Joe Yauza other than I love him. He's only appeared in this one movie. I wish he was in other things. Do I guess he think was in the novelization. Do you think that was intentional that they were just like, never again? <laughs> The, he he strikes me as someone who, like the people, the people at Lucasfilm are like put him in the black book. We don't want to open that book ever again. <laughs> so, I yeah. It's what, what's always bugged me about Joe Yauza is he does one song and then Jabba says do that again, and then he just does a completely <laughs> other song. And either Jabba was too drunk to notice, or Joe Yao's is just that good. He impressed everyone. It'd be like if you asked someone to do an encore and they just started doing like a completely different song. Oh man! Yes, we can. Oh, I can even. I got a few facts here now. Uh, Joe oh. Yauza is a male yuzum. 
obviously, if he's the singer, he's part of the Max Repo band. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Sice Noodles, I believe, is also in that yeah. band. He was. And was. And Cho Yauza, Endor is his home world. He's from Endor? He's from Endor, apparently. Oh, I didn't... That's interesting. There you go. Why? So, yeah. like, does Endor just have Ewoks and then and then Yuzums? They got Yuzums, apparently, and that also makes me wonder, why the hell didn't we get more Yuzums in this movie? Yeah. See, Joe Yao's is easily a character you could put in the background of the Mandalorian, and he wouldn't need to do anything relevant to the plot. He would just need to be there, and people would lose their minds. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> this guy could so, have inspired a generation for some, one reason or another. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm very curious as to who Joe Yao's voice was in the movie. I'm still digging for that. I don't. Joe Yao's. Got to figure Me. that one out because that's going to be curious. Voice actor. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look like there's anyone <laughs> registered as his voice actor. Didn't want to take credit. What a humble person! I'm sure it was the case. Maybe it was George Lucas. Oh my God, that would have been an amazing fact. That would be that'd be crazy. That'd be insane. You know, he'd do it too. He's he you know grie- he's grievous. His cough. Um, he's done I, it I did before. S- I heard that. That was that was another fact that came out this week that I saw that yeah, apparently George Lucas had the flu while he was on set of They were doing was sound it, editing for Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, yes, and he was like, Let's use some of my coughs into some of Grievous's coughs and Grievous we're not we're not gonna get into it, but Grievous's whole audio has a long story that has ups and downs. It's they completely they completely fumbled it, um, and uh, Jerry rigged it. I can't wait for that. Meet the character. Unfortunately, we did Joe Yauza today, so we'll have to save <laughs> Grievous for the future. Joe Yauza, Joe Yauza comes first. Obviously, yes. Yeah. And in pecking order, Salacious B. Crumb, Joe Yauza, General Grievous. I feel really bad because like the last episode I was on with Rachel, she gave this like remarkable. <laughs> summary and ex- explanation about Mary Jade, and I was like blown away by it. And today we're just we're just half-assing Joe Yao's. <laughs> yeah, it was completely off the cuff. Like, oh, let's talk about the Max Repo Band and Chavez Palace. Before we stop there, though, we're talking Joe Yauza. Talking Joe Yauza. Didn't prepare for him. We're just looking. As you can hear in the background, we're digging for facts as we're going. this is the most authentic we'll get for teaching ourselves star wars stuff that's true i feel like everyone gets to learn you're hearing it raw right now everyone got to learn all about the yuzum joe yauza Yauza. and thank god we did yes because we were gonna put a pin in the meet the character we were gonna put a pin in the word of the week and the star word this week and i'm glad joe yauza still wiggled his way in to give an update he as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, sung and danced his way to the top. But to give an update on Anakin to the rescue, last week, after we recorded the episode, I was like, I'm getting this book. Hit the purchase button. Two days later. Oh, we actually don't have this one in stock anymore. Would you like this other book? <laughs> no, I don't want the other book. I want a refund. So, yeah, the money just came back in for Anakin to the rescue another try this week we're gonna we're gonna get it we're gonna find it this thing's a whole saga just to get this damn book it's a lot harder than i thought it's like what luke luke refers to them as the sacred texts these literally are i i saw those sacred texts all over those movies did not see anakin to the rescue there was another one i don't remember what it what it was called anakin to the rescue it it had like charger in it I know Anakin to the Rescue does have Jar Jar as well, so it's they were pumping that guy out. Yeah, because the cover the cover has Jar Jar on it, and it's just it's horrendously drawn. Actually, it's not even horrendously drawn; it's nicely drawn. It's just the composition is so cursed. There it is. I found it. Okay, you're gonna want to look into. It's like a saga. It's like a two part saga. It's called Jar Jar's Mistake. Jar Jar's Mistake. This is gonna be good. If you look up Jar Jar's Mistake, let me f- try to find the cover in, like, decent resolution. Um, here, here, I'll, I'll send you that also in general. Um, that's Jar Jar's Mistake. Okay. 
And, oh wow, it's got. Is it Sabalba on that's, the front? I, I believe that's Sabalba. Who Sabalba was our Mita character last week. Oh, and you didn't bring up Jar Jar's mistake. <laughs> we did not bring up Jar Jar's mistake. Actually, here's a better, more high res image. Um, if you if you look at how <laughs> they drew Sabalba, the artist looks like he has he had been described Sabalba, but had never seen him. It's it's kind of like how Europeans who had never seen horses drew horses back in medieval times, and they were just people with long snouts. It seems to be very characterized, like cartoon, and yeah, there's no Jar Jar you can make out was supposed to be Jar Jar, but Sabova, yeah, it definitely does not seem like they ever saw Doug before. Do you want me to just quickly read you the summary of uh, Jar Jar's mistake? It might get you Let's, hooked. Absolutely. Jar Jar Binks is clumsy. He has made Sabalba very mad, and that is bad. Will Jar Jar get crunched, or will he learn to be more careful? Read this colorful, fully illustrated beginner reader and find out. This, it just seems like the scene from the movie. Didn't this happen already? <laughs> it did, yeah. And you know As what? Jar Jar never learned to be more careful. He accidentally elected Palpatine to be emperor. Oh. Through process. Allegedly, allegedly it was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that everyone involved with this book has an article on the Star Wars wiki except the illustrator, so that's a shame. They they worked a bit more obviously. rich walls will give you credit shout out to rich walls not the television guy the uh oh. the artist hit yeah that's that's one to behold jar jar's mistake has got to go also on the bucket list anakin to the rescue jar jar's mistake these are all books we got to look into just to yes. see what what the heck's going on do you think there's a third one it'd be like a like a trilogy like a third oh i just found oh. something one two three four five six seven eight nine so there's it's a 10 part series that has that is jar jar's mistake or anakin jar to the rescue both. and jar jar they're both oh, jar jar's wow. mistake is is step one step two is anakin to the rescue so this is a series already it is which okay. concludes with obi-wan's foe Oh, which could mean what? anything oh it's grievous oh <laughs> i like how we got <laughs> disparaged ah it's just grievous it's <laughs> it's not the, yoza the cover art for obi-wan's foe i will say is a lot cooler than the cover art for jerger's mistake uh so lack of consistency <laughs> yeah this is some series we gotta just get the whole thing yeah that's really that seems like miles above everything wow, else. Wow, that's, that's a very well done painting. It's... Yeah, that's hilarious that from the start you see Jar Jar's mistake, the end you see Obi-Wan's foe. It's kind of like the, how you go from the Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith. A little bit. A little bit, yes. This podcast is a mess without Rachel. What have we done? Yeah, we definitely cannot make any more episodes without her around to keep us on track. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get the Joe Yowza involved. Joe Yowza oh. was a gift, though. I I have no complaints about Joe Yowza being the pop up uh, surprise on this one, or Jar Jar's mistake for that matter. Oh, Jar Jar's mistake, even without a synopsis, that's just so ominous. It could mean anything. Just seeing he that picture like, alone, yeah. He could have committed tax fraud. Like, what was his mistake? <laughs> it could have been electing Palpatine. It could have just been him. Maybe he, maybe he stole from a charity. <laughs> they should have used this opportunity to have him crash into Joe Yowza. <laughs> he was a part of the Max Rebo band for a part part time job. That would, I mean, I can't wait until Jar Jar is the character of the week because of what happens to him. I'm not going to say what it is, but in canon, where he's at post Return of the Jedi, if you don't I know it, you're going to want to. So I don't know it, so stay, I'm curious. Stand by. Oh, wow. Okay, I got that to look forward to, too, now. Oh, man. Well, let's let's try and pull this one back together, get this episode back on track for one final topic before we end, because we've spun off and done six bonus topics now <laughs> instead of just sticking to the three we came in with. 
Oh boy, my bad. This is completely my fault. I'll own it. <laughs> Choyazo was an exception, but everything else was just mayhem, just chaos. chaos. So oh, you want, do you want to do you want to bring up the next topic, or do you want me to? You can go right into it. You you went out and dug this one up, even though it was just came out today. Digging believe, it up, but <laughs> digging it up like the corpse that it is, which is. Um, Raiders of the New Republic, which was the... Did I say that right? Is that the name of it? Uh, Rangers. Rangers! Not Raiders. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. Rangers of the New Republic, which was allegedly Cara Dune's show, is no longer in active development. Now, that can mean a whole array of things, but it might be dead. Probably dead, because it seemed like that was one of three shows that they were in development that like seemed like they were coming down the pipe quick. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely in the like later stages of uh, post production or no pre production. Obviously, the we won't get too far into the Gina Carano side of things, mm-hmm. but I obviously she was fired for very rightful reasons. It should have been a termination a long time ago. And it just sucks that they couldn't do anything with this show when it really seemed like they had other characters that could have just kept going. Well, that's the thing is they had they um I don't remember his name. He's the bearded pilot that was with Dave Filoni and the Mandalorian. He's on Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience. Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Yeah, he's I love him. He would have been a great lead. Um, he's big involved with the fandom. He's huge in the 501st. I'm a friend of a friend of his, for the record. Um, okay. There were talks a few months ago about Harris and Dula from Rebels being brought in as the lead. Um, people joked about Dave Filoni being the lead. He's a, he's a character that flies around in X-Wing and Mandalorian, so... Because mm-hmm. somebody also pointed out that no longer an active development doesn't mean cancelled. It just might mean that they're taking a breather to figure it out. But Which, I doubt that that's the case, the way that Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilm run. They, they've lost their momentum on this one. It's a shame, yeah. It seems like the wording of this, they don't want to commit to a complete shutdown because I think they know people would be pissed about that. But it really doesn't seem like they got any idea right now that this is going to happen anytime soon. I wonder if they'll replace it with a different series. Because from what it sounds like is they were looking to do this big crossover event, kind of like Avengers Infinity War, with all these shows. Now they're down a whole show, which means they're down a whole cast of characters. So I, I wonder if they're going to replace it with something else. Cause, um, because like, there's so much potential for this era... And it, it would just be a shame to lose that that potential. With the announcement of roughly 10 Star Wars shows at the Disney investor meeting, uh, I guess near the end of last year, it seems like there's a lot of ground to break with it. We did know the Ahsoka show was coming, and mm-hmm. that's probably going to spearhead with Mandalorian and the Rangers show was seemed like it was in heavy production. The Book of Boba Fett obviously is happening this year still. They do have some talent, so to lose Rangers, that seems like an area where they could have had a bigger cast, where the other ones are kind of one, two-person leads. Mm-hmm. And you know what's this scary? W- what's scary to me is is the, the big crossover, crossover event is going to be, let's be real, most likely Thrawn and th- to fight Thrawn, you need the New Republic, and the Rangers of the New Republic was going to be that in for them, those characters. So, and just to step back into Paul Sung Hyung Lee, who plays Carson Tiva in Star Wars, yeah, is his character. He, every time we saw him, he was coming to the rescue. He was the hero. He was the one who appointed Gina Carano's character which probably would have made her the lead of that show. He gave her the badge and was like swore her in, I guess we'll say. He like, he was kind of the one who like kind of passed it on to her. Yeah, it seems like he was the obvious choice to lead this I, show I agree. at that and point. And his and Kim's convenience just concluded. So he's his schedule hopefully, I mean hopefully 
it's open enough. Like, I don't want him to not be working. But he doesn't have a giant commitment right now to another show. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, I'm sure we'll see him again one way or another. But it'd be great. He's such a good actor. He's such a friendly guy. He, he's, um, he's from Asia, which, which is great because we don't see much Asian representation. Um, so it would be amazing if he led a show. And when we do in Star Wars, we know it's never well done Yeah, a lot of the time. So, yeah, this scene, like, just wins across the board. The guy already is a lead of his own show, so we know he's got that power. We know he's been around in the Mandalorian-verse already, so that's easy spin-off. People like him. People like him, and he's done a lot of cool stuff so far. He shot a giant ice spider. It's- he works with Dave Filoni, which would give Dave Filoni, Filoni more excuses to cameo yeah absolutely and they could have they could have saved their resistance show animate it with a live version on this it i i can't see any reason there's no cause why yeah just it seems like a no-brainer to just make this show happen at this point it's it was a good idea and unfortunately it's an an unexplored area in star wars right now that needs to be explored because of how important it is and all their shows that they're announcing could easily be spun off from that of those explorations landing on different areas checking out certain situations fighting the imperial remnant even we're just i feel like we're missing we're gonna really miss out on something with this one and we don't fully understand the gravity as to why or a lot of people don't yeah so this i have faith that if they don't go with rangers of the new republic they'll likely go with something else in a similar tone and similar era they uh there's a darth vader comic um that was going to be released in oh god was it 2015 2016 it was it was like five years ago and uh it didn't get released because they fired the author it was a similar situation to the gina carano situation um and a lot of people were upset about that, so what they did was they made a new comic with a similar concept, different writing team, different cast like of uh, artists. So th- I wonder if they'll do something like that, where they'll, they'll, they'll just take the framework and rework it around something else. It seems like the best course of action for them. If they want to take some time away, get it right over the next few months, and then say, we're picking back the, the show back up, okay that was for the good the better of this absolutely but right now the way they're saying it really makes it seem like they were leaning on gina carano not to be as big a piece of garbage as she was showing she was being and that's unfortunate that they leaned so heavy into that they put all their eggs in one basket and oh boy did it did it go rotten it went rotten all right that's for sure but without just Joe Yowza show. Why not? It's right there. Yowza's of the New Republic. <laughs> Yowza's. Oh man, just yeah, just him traveling band, the almost famous in the Star Wars verse. <laughs> It'd be like Joe Yowza, the Blues Brothers, but with Max Rebo and uh, and Joe Yowza. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, the funny That's thing the... is, is that would sell. I for sure. I want those figures. I want that artwork. I want it. I want the soundtrack. That's getting my money. Yes. Make it happen, please. Make it so. But with that, I think we can wrap up this chaotic episode. We got some real talk in. We got a lot of craziness. We got our yowza. <laughs> we can move I've on. Noticed, I've noticed a lot of our, like alien characters that become recurring jokes throughout episodes. They're all from Return of the Jedi. Except Jar Jar, he's... We know where he's from. Hell. <laughs> Jar Jar's just never gonna go away. He's... Yeah. He's he's the most well-known joke that exists in Star Wars, but I feel like we're gonna be digging up a few extra ones for oh, people. There's so much worse than Jar Jar. Just to wait till... Jar Jar's Mieber. just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, as soon as Mieber gets his day in the sun for character of the week... I, I feel can, like I have I have in mind a guest we're gonna have on for the Meager Gascon episode. Don't worry. Oh, oh, good. Uh, the floodgates will open. Oh yeah. Well then, with that, 
we will be back next week with some more news for you another update on this day in star wars history you got a bonus meet a character so i feel like that one's coming back around again next week you can thank us later yes absolutely you i really hope if you did not know joe yauza you dove into that you looked up his performance on youtube you subscribed to his soundcloud you did the whole nine he's out there busting his ass for you to have a good time yes so support the local artists that's all yeah. i'll say he's like the next drake <laughs> i've heard that comparison before yes so oh man he's icon all right making well guys thanks for giving us a listen whether you are on anchor uh spotify uh google play store again we're not on itunes yet they are really blocking me out it's really hard to get on apparently so we're gonna have to figure out another course of action to get us on itunes hopefully you're not waiting for that but that's that will come eventually and all the news and updates that we got coming we will keep you guys up to date bad batch again next week we might we might be doing a thing with questions we're still working that out yes we are ironing out some details on getting some fan questions or if anyone wants to share any thoughts anything like that we'll definitely that's the place to enter all that information we'll let you guys know in due time where to do that but you can also in the meantime check out justin on his twitch page or his art on instagram and twitter and where can they do that it's all, all of the above is at thoulis that's t-h-o-u-l-e-s-s so thoulis art twitch twitter instagram if you follow me on twitter i'm sorry i just apologize in advance <laughs> it's just a, it's a shit show it's a joe yauza of a situation we'll i'm gonna tweet way. about joe yauza tonight don't worry <laughs> excellent uh yes and destiny rachel or destiny rach i believe on twitter she said she will be back i'm sure next week and we'll catch up with her and she will bring some passion i'm sure to a different character that is not joe yauza <laughs> that's a shame We'll, ha- we'll have to ask her her feelings on Joe Yauza. I think. We could have a whole uh, ask about Joe Yauza segment every time we have a guest. That it could be like how we them. gauge if we like them or not. I feel like we just got to shift this to the, the Yauza instead Yauza of the Yauza cast? Yeah. And just only Joe Yauza. Come up Always with different scenarios. Yauza. What he's doing. What he's up to today. Let's create this whole backstory. The Yauzaverse? Into the Yauzaverse? Into the Yauzaverse. We're going. All right, guys, with that, thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye here. See you when I see you.